When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Or a thumbs up or a subscribe on YouTube. Or you can do what you can to go ahead and like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Also, the great folks at LakersBall.com. Also, the great folks at Lakerholics.com. Plus, the great folks at the Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture. Inside Sports Fantasy Football, where we cover the latest goings-on in the NFL Draft. Game Source, where they cover the latest news and information in the world of video games. And so much more. Plus, again, the great folks at Lakerholics.com. Please go ahead and check out the latest articles from Jamie Sweet at Five Things and Laker Tom. Right there for you at Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation today at LakersBall.com, where Onks1947, Joe Soro, he takes the reins of many a conversation going on there. Please go ahead and be part of the conversation today. Right there for you at LakersBall.com. Plus our good friends at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. They've got a ton of great shows waiting right there for you, including ours. So please go ahead and support them today at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network at hoopheadspod.com. If you could support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, we know the NBA playoffs are still going on and the Lakers are still in Cancun and fishing and doing all that great stuff that they do during the summer vacation when they don't make the playoffs. There's still the intriguing drama going on regarding the coaching position. A couple of new names have been added into the mix. Terry Stotts, former head coach for several years at Portland. And also, man down, hand down, man down, Mr. Hand down, man down himself. Mark Jackson was also interviewed this past week, so we're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about the end of season one for Winning Time on HBO and HBO Max. How did it relate to Showtime, Jeff Perlman's book? In fact, I interviewed Jeff Perlman not once, but twice on both of his books. So please go ahead and check out my back episodes with, with Jeff Perlman. But how did this show, based off of this book right here, Showtime, how did that end up? Well, I think we know how it ended up, but we're going to go ahead and talk about some of the changes 
coming up on the show as well. Plus, also, we're going to be talking again about an NBA playoff update because the playoffs are getting a little bit nastier, a little bit chippier. Some people accusing others of some foul play. We're seeing some dirty plays, so we're going to talk about is there a lot of dirty play going on in the NBA? And the most important thing I wanted to cover on tonight is I am going to go ahead and put these guys in charge of the Los Angeles Lakers. And if they were in charge, what is the first question they would try to answer? We're going to go ahead and talk about that today on the show as well. But first, it is the coaching carousel continues. I feel like I'm on a merry-go-round because they are interviewing seemingly everyone. We've talked about all the assistants, Adrian Griffin, Darvin Ham, that they've already interviewed. This past week, they interviewed Mark Jackson, the ABC announcer and former Golden State head coach. And also as well, they interviewed Mr. Terry Stott, someone we forgot about because he's been kind of out of the limelight since he got fired from Portland. So first up is first man indeed. If he sits down right there for you, it is the man behind Lakerholics.com. I caught you standing up. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. You're first up on the list on today's game show called the price is wrong for the Lakers. But I want to hear your thoughts on this coaching carousel. Indeed. I mean, is anyone that they're interviewing really of interest to this team? Is it the best thing for the team? I know you've talked about established coaches for LeBron at this point in time, but is anyone moving the needle for you now? When you balance between the attainability of being able to get this guy to be the coach of the Lakers versus what kind of coach he would be, it's not easy. I mean, it it does seem obvious that one of the reasons that the Lakers are slow walking the coaching search is is wanting to see what happens with uh, with Utah and and Quinn Snyder and also what happens with Philadelphia and Doc Rivers. Now, depending on what you think of, of Doc and, and Quinn, that's good news or bad news, you know. <clears throat> Mike Brown was hired by the Sacramento Kings, so yes, he was. takes one more guy off of there. And, you know, and, and uh, I give the Kings some credit because I thought they were going to hire Jackson, and I, you know, and I've not been a Mark Jackson fan like you. No. Um, but I do think Mike Brown, Mike Brown's been a ball in a, a winning situation in, um, in Golden State. And, and, and I think that finding somebody who has, who can hopefully provide some stability over the next few years and is a, is a respected coach. Um, who comes from a winning program, I think will be good for the Kings. As for the Lakers, um, I've always been a fan of Quinn Snyder because of his embrace of the three-point shot. They've always, uh, his Utah teams have always been among the top two or three teams in the league in three-point attempts and three-point percentage. Um, And I've always respected him as a defensive coach, very similar plays, you know, the drop coverage that Frank Vogel has always played. And, And so I think that, you know, he's, He's a good defensive coach, and he's a he's a respected guy, and I think he comes off that he could be a good for the Los Angeles. I guess where, where I'm at right at this point in time is that uh, I kind of hope that we'll end up. I'm kind of I'm kind of rooting that Phil Handy will get a chance at being the coach of the team, and there's a couple of reasons that that I think that that's really important. Number one, I think that of all of the assistant coaches around the league that 
are flexible enough that they could be able to be in a rebuild situation as well as a veteran situation. I think Phil falls into that that category because his strength his strength really would be in a rebuilding situation because of his great hands-on ability to coach and teach people, you know, different moves in order to improve their their prowess and so forth. But I I tend to see him as more of a more of an offensive coach, but I think, you know, his nickname is involves 94 feet, which is the length of the court, which means defense and offense. And, and I think he'll have the respect of LeBron and AD. And there's just something about his judgment, his ability to judge what players can do and what situations they'll play best in that. I think he might, he might be really good at putting together lineups and rotations and, and, Man, that would be for a Lakers fan. That would be wonderful to you know to at least go out there every game with the team that you thought was the best team. You know, I've been so tired of of going out there with at least one or two players. That why are we playing this guy? You know. So you know, I'm rooting for Phil. I think that he's a he's obviously one of the most coveted assistant coaches, and so he'll get his opportunity. I wish I knew more about. I did an internet search trying to find more about his philosophy and so forth. And, and, and uh, there were a few articles and so forth, but it was good to see him speak up and say that he's ready for a head coaching job and so forth. And you would expect out of nothing more than respect for the job that he's done for the Lakers the last three years and his role in the championship. Um, and he is, you know, he's won like three or three or four championships. Now I think you'd expect that the Lakers would give him the, uh, the courtesy and the respect of, of having an interview at some point in time. Well, there you go. Good thoughts indeed to Phil Handy. Will he become part of that equation as far as the coaching carousel is concerned? We'll see. But also here today is a good man indeed. You got to go ahead and check out him as Ox1947 right there in the chat rooms in and around LakersBall.com. It is Joe Soro. Joe, great to have you back, my friend. I wanted to go ahead and hear your thoughts on this. I know you've had some distinct thoughts on the coaching carousel as it is and who you think it, they should lean to. I know that Jay Wright is still a hope for you. I mean, he still hints on maybe possibly going out of retirement into the NBA. Your thoughts on this coaching carousel as it continues to go ahead and go round and round. There's been no definite path yet. But Terry Stotts is like the first bit of news that's been confirmed in terms of interview and then Mark Jackson and all that. I don't think they're going to be in a hurry here. And I, 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 I think they should continue to, to have that kind of mindset. The coach of the LA Lakers can't just be someone who's good at developing players and good in the locker room. It's there's, a, there's another job, unfortunately, that they have to do. And that's, wrangle the inertia, the whatever that's around a franchise like the Lakers. Phil Andy has the skill set, but I don't know if he wants to deal with the other side of this stuff. I think he'd get frustrated and kind of lose his patience with it. He seems to be a pretty upfront type of type of guy. And there's really no wiggle room there to be go beyond that. Uh, there's no Pat Riley's coming anywhere. That's another man that was able to deal with things. Phil Jackson was another 
man who I used to be very entertained by because he'd always have those funny, snide, backdoor comments that if, you know, you were smart enough, you could decipher and giggle about. Who's out there that can do that? Uh, I think Jay Wright is the only one. That's why I'm I'm there, you know, uh, with, with him still. Uh, anyone else? It's, it's just going to feel like it's a stopgap. I don't know if they're going to truly try to find someone that's going to be the coach for the next five to ten years. I, I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not getting any feeling either way. I wish they did because it would build the stability. But in the end, there's really no stability with L.A. L.A. is always full of drama, whether we're winning with drama, whether we're not winning with drama, there's always something there. And then when there's no drama, usually we're not doing too well anyways, and that's the drama in itself. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent at this moment with the coaching. Uh, we haven't heard anything about player acquisitions or anything like that either. So we're kind of in dead space right now. And I'm sure they're doing their due diligence to make sure that they're going to want to go a direction, a certain direction. Do they want an up-and-coming star or they want or up-and-coming coach? Or do they want to play the safe route and go with Quinn or someone they're familiar with? That's got a little bit of experience. I, I don't know. I don't know. I can honestly say I do not know which way. I haven't heard anything, and that might be good. They might they might be keeping it close to the chest and let just letting things develop as they go. You know, if B Garcia was here, he'd be saying Jared Dudley right now. So no. uh, just saying mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I oh, saw him on the sidelines today. So <laughs> I'm thinking that right now if he was here, but. Also here today to talk about the coaching situation is a good man indeed as well. You got to catch him because he's doing some five things, like five stars for us on Apple Podcasts. It is five things with Jamie Sweet, Mr. Admiral Akbar himself. Jamie, good to have you back, my friend. I hope you're all as well. Angels still winning, just barely ahead of the Astros. Still got that pitching. Amazing. You know, Otani and Trout still healthy. Amazing. Laker Tom's Yankees and Joe's Dodgers. Well, that's not so amazing because that's probably what we thought that would happen with those two teams. But, hey, you know what? There you go right there for you. But your thoughts on the coaching situation going on, it is still at this point out there kind of like we're just – they're just putting out feelers, putting out interviews, doing second interviews, I'm sure, in the not-too-distant future. Do you think actually they might go outside the box and surprise everyone with their next coaching hire? Uh, no, we're somebody that we're not looking at. <laughs> no, uh, I mean, go for is, it, Jamie. Just once, just uh, no. Uh, this is this. I mean, this is my. Hey, I mean, first off, I don't think anybody's. This is like the preseason of the search, <laughs> right? Like, I don't think the Lakers even probably. And this is probably the most dismaying aspect of this, but I, I bet even money that the Lakers don't even have a solid foundation on what they want in a coach. I mean, I think, you know, based on the last coaching search conducted by Rob Plaka, that they want somebody who is open to meddling from the front office and can deal with leaks and can deal with like a fair amount of, you know, internal backstabbing uh, at a decent, you know, at a a decent level, you know, like uh, that, that's what defined the end of the Frank and Frank, what is the title, right? Like, the end of the Frank Vogel area was just quite inglorious uh, based on his contributions to the franchise. And I think that's going to be working against him in this immediate coaching search. 
if we're slow walking the coaching search because we're waiting for somebody to get fired, <laughs> that's the max of a complete and total lack of creativity to me. That, that, that there's, there's no inspiration. There's no true visionary leadership. There's just, well, we need another company man. What's the best company man we can get? And we'll go with that guy. Who's the guy that's going to, you know, let us kind of have our little say in our staff and who's going to, you know, get Mike Penberthy a job or for whatever reason, you know, I, the, these are the, those are the things that define the last coaching search, right? That, that was why four people turned the job down before Frank Vogel took it. So, you know, if this is going to work out that way, then, you know, this is probably going to end up being a fairly underwhelming hire and it'll, you know, I, 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 and that's nothing against any of the coaches who may or may not get fired. I don't see Doc Rivers being fired. He's under contract for two more seasons. I don't see Nick Nurse getting fired. Masai Uruji has come, uh, come out and said exactly that. Phil Handy actually has come out and said he doesn't want to coach a, a, a rebuilding team. That he, He's like, if I get a high coaching job, I want it to be a team that's like ready to rock, man. I don't want to spend a season or two doing what, what happened to Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson spent a couple of seasons holding the uh, – honing the Golden State Warriors into a winning franchise and was summarily dismissed. And uh, Steve Kerr walked in and became a living legend, you know, and, and that's not a knock against Steve Kerr. I think Steve Kerr has a lot of great coaching jobs um, and has a good mind for the game and, and relates well with, with both star players and role players, which I think is really the thing you need to find in your head coach. You need somebody who's going to be able to get the most out of the guys who don't get the most spotlight shown on them. And you need to keep the guys who have the spotlight shown on shined on them the most happy and engaged and, and positive. So who amongst these, you know, this laundry list of, of characters who may or may not be in the running. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't, I have no clue. If it were me, if I were the one conducting the search, I would want somebody who, Probably because of having LeBron on, on the team, AD on the team, but more so LeBron. I'd want somebody who had at least been around the NBA game, which is why I think it's going to – that's why I think a college coach or somebody who's only coached in college uh, and never played in the NBA, at least, is beyond a dark horse long shot. You know, it's like the Kentucky Derby, Derby kind of long shot. You know, it's, it's a it's, – it, Ridiculous odds. Not saying it can't happen. Just that to me feels like the unlikeliest result of the coaching search. So I, I you know, even if it's an assistant who hasn't had a head coaching job, uh, you know, Mike Brown, obviously assistant now, head coaching experience. Fizdale, same. You know, there's a lot of guys who've done both sides of the both sides of the chair on, in terms of their coaching skills. But if it's somebody who's only been an assistant but has also played in the game, had you know a role or a, you know, been part of a title team. I could see them maybe getting a little bit of a, a, a leg up because they can at least be, they can at least relate to what everybody's going through on the team when in tough times. So, but I, you know, I don't know. It, I, I really do think it's going to come down, unfortunately, to who is the most willing to deal with everything outside of basketball. And who is the most willing to, you know, sort of embrace the aura of the Lakers in front of embracing the actual sort of dumpster fire that is currently the Laker franchise? Well, there you go from there. And someone who's uh, very 
interested to see what's going on. Again, it's Joe Soro. Joe, before we head to the next subject, I want to hear some final thoughts from you on this. I mean, you've been a very staunch supporter of Jay Wright. Is there anyone out there that we're not seeing that you think might fit the bill for this position? No, not right now that's available. Right. I believe the NBA head coach is the most difficult coaching chair in sports. It's 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 just difficult in a game where you're paying someone. Let's say even if you're paying him well, you're paying him about eight to nine mil, right? Let's say he's he's he's, getting, he's making a good amount of money. They're still getting paid thirty million to forty million dollars less than the star of the team. So if that star isn't mentally strong, like a Tim Duncan, a Magic Johnson, a Giannis Antetokounmpo, I can never say his last name. Antetokounmpo. And it's, that's, that's kind of weird, too, because I can speak three languages, but for some reason I can't say his last name. But anyways, so <laughs> there's, 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 there's those type of players that are needed in a, to help a coach be successful. I'd say AD has that capability uh, to, to, to kind of not be a, a wrench if, let's say, the coach called about practice or anything like that. I've never heard any issues with AD and a coach in, in his entire career, NBA career, college or anything. So how do you, how do you work around that then? What, what, what are we going to do? And LeBron is, I, again, I don't, I don't know what, what his next goal is. Unfortunately, we have to kind of get him to buy into whatever we end up getting. And what, what, what can we get that's going to make him happy? He's, has he ever been happy with any of his coaches in his career? I, I don't think I don't think he's really gave much. He's 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 always giving support to coaches that have never coached him. That's kind of what he does with other players as well. Um, but I don't. I'm I'm I am in a position right now. Usually I have some direction somewhere, you know, some kind of inkling of something. But at this moment, I have no clue what's going to happen here. I have no idea. Uh, I don't think they're waiting for Quinn Snyder. I know that makes, you know, being Laker fans and dealing with kind of their incompetency, you would like to think in a little bit, a little bit, that that's what they're doing. But I don't, I don't think that's, I don't think that's what it is. I truly believe they don't know who to get. And we're, we're in the same boat. I don't know who they should get. I mean, I know who I want, but it doesn't look like there's any direction there. And I, I just hope that – my instincts are telling me we want to go with someone fresh, someone someone who can be here five to ten years. Is that even possible? No. And, and this is a sad situation for for us. We're going to have to be come back in two or three years with the same crap. I mean, let's be honest. The list of coaches who coach in one place for five to ten years is pretty short at this yeah. point. In the yeah, you need a star like a Giannis who's going to be there for 10 years and then you're there reaping the benefits of being able to coach someone who's not selfish, who will take a, who will take criticism in front of a team. And if you don't have that, you're not going to really have a lot of stability in the NBA. 
you can still win. And I've said this several times. The reason why LeBron James has won four championships is because he's in, in, insanely talented. Sometimes talent does carry you, and it carries you more in the NBA than any other sport. I'll take a bad hire and win a championship. Everybody thinks Vogel was a bad hire. I don't think he was. I thought he was the perfect coach for what they needed, and he ended up winning a championship. Only five coaches in Laker history have won a championship. He's one of them. And uh, that's a team that's been around for, what, since 1948 in the official NBA. I know they were in the NBL before that, and then the BAA came together and all that. So it's been, you know, decades only five coaches have won championships in as as a laker head coach and the treatment was embarrassing i think those are the things that bother me i think those are the things that really bother me the ppp loan and that and there's just a lot of classless stuff that doesn't that is jerry necessary. west jerry west's season, season tickets. tickets yeah this is this is not this is not somebody being unintelligent this is someone or something or whatever being uh, un, uh just petty petty and it's a team without an identity yep it's so who's, on who's, the court and off of the court so magic tried to magic was there for what a two years basically uh, and he left and i always use the analogy as he ratted on the family yeah right he said what was going on behind the scenes. And our frustration with Magic was, why do you keep doing press conferences about you wanting to train guys like Ben Simmons? Like, does he not know the rules of tampering? Like, that was the part that always confused me about Magic. And then, of course, he had a parting (laughs) gift of trading Zubac for Muscala. And I was just sitting there going, wow, okay. He he dropped the bomb and left. Um, Yeah. And that seems to be what happens with a lot of these guys. They just want to drop a bomb and leave just to say, hey, eat this. But yeah. it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a confusing family. <laughs> they keep running and coming back, running and coming back. It's like coming back to an abusive relationship. And we're the ones having to watch it and wonder, what, what is going on here? Why do you keep going back to the abuser? Yeah. Because you're winning. Okay. So that's the weird – so you look at, let's say, the Bulls in the 90s, right? You remember all that turmoil with Reinsdorf and Krauss? They still won. Lakers, they've been winning with drama, whether it was Kobe and Shaq at each other's necks, whether it's Phil wanting to trade Kobe for Jason Kidd, Sean Marion and all this. They still won. And then you got LeBron and this going on with Vogel and this, and they're still winning. So we're, we're, we're stuck. We're stuck. We There's no, like, direction. Like, okay, if they're a disaster – they're not winning, right? That's usually how things work out. But these guys are the only people that I've known other than the Bulls in the 90s where it's a disaster and they're still winning. Heck, they made a show about it. They made a show about it, and this happened in the early 80s. And, and, and the confusion about that is you have Paul Westhead, who was this run-and-gun guy who had the greatest run-and-gun player in the history of the NBA. And then for some reason, two years after they win a championship, Magic's not having fun anymore. Why? Because Wes has decided to, uh, I want to slow down maybe some things. It's it's a very confusing team. It really is when you start to get to the heart of it. It's a very confusing team. If I didn't know any better, I would think they're doing this on purpose. Just to, There's some kind of 
marketing genius behind the team saying, look, guys, you guys want to make a lot of money. You want to be the biggest franchise on the planet. Let's create some BS. Let's just create it. Who cares, right? Hey, they do it in show business. This is kind of considered show business. No bad press. No bad press, right? No Maybe bad that's press what they're doing. Indeed. It's Hollywood. This is true. That's for the Lakers, but I, I, I don't know where else to go with it. I, I, I really don't. I'm, I just, I just want to win number eighteen, and 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 right now, I'm, I'm just that's that's really all I want. I want to pass the green turds. Milwaukee <laughs> is playing like our favorite team right now. Milwaukee. Milwaukee is playing like the world champs they are. If they can just dispatch of Boston, and again, I feel I do feel bad for the first time in my life. I do feel bad because just a tiny bit because I do like Marcus Smart. I do like Tatum. I do like Jalen Brown. I like Udoka as a coach. They're a very likable team, but they're wearing the wrong jersey. I wish they were just Charlotte or New Orleans. At that point, I would be cheering for them. But they cannot get 18. Otherwise, this whole situation turns worse because we were fully expecting two years ago to go back-to-back, and we were close until AD went down. And that that gets exasperated if Boston ends up winning the title this year. It would be just disastrous. And the fact we have few assets for down the road makes building this team. And it's up. very likely, according to Laker Tom, that they're going <laughs> to be trading those things to get a couple buckets for a couple of years. <laughs> and then when those years come in, we'll be like, why did we trade those draft picks? Oh, my God. It went to the, you know... It went to the New York Knicks in some three-way trade or we whatever. We have a draft pick every other year. We have a draft pick, a first-round pick every other year. Yeah, but 27 guaranteed, guaranteed by the NBA CBA. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that, that's true. But I want to ask you this before we head to the break and also head to something else as far as what we're talking about. In relation to this, if we were controlled, the last thing I want us to talk about in regards to this is we understand as far as the coaching part of it, who the candidates might be. But what about the people choosing this candidate? Because we all say Rob Palenka, but in recent weeks, we've heard the Rambi. We've heard about Phil Jackson. We've heard about Magic Johnson. We've heard about Jeannie Buss. We've, who is actually making the decision on the next coach for the Los Angeles Rob Lakers, Palenka. Tom? Rob Palenka. Are you sure? A hundred percent? Clutch sports? You've been saying clutch sports has been running things. I never said clutch sports running things. I said it's an advantage that the Lakers have over every other club. It's a symbiosis. The number two two sports agency in the NBA with the most players, the most second most players, second most all-stars, second most max contracts, is clutch sports. And to have them be a partner and an alliance, an ally with you in bringing players to the team, in evaluating talent and so forth, all of those things count. And that, and that's a big advantage that the Lakers are going to definitely, it's not going to end with LeBron James because he's just one of 30, uh, one of 35 players that clutch sports has under contract. But I he think is the most clutch in- sports. Pardon? He is clutch sports. He's right. the guy. No, that's the mistake that most people make because clutch has, has over $2 billion dollars in contracts that they've done, they have over $450 million. LeBron is the senior. Per year in contracts. Maverick Carter doesn't exist without LeBron, and they yeah. found Rich Paul selling printers in his trunk or whatever it was. Uh, it's LeBron James. LeBron I don't James think it makes is. any sense to take a guy who's 
made a successful business in both cases and demean them just because they happen to be childhood friends of uh, LeBron James. I, I, I demean I demean them because it's entertainment. That's why I just wanted to well. say selling printers out of a trunk. At the same I, I think that I, I think what's pretty amazing about LeBron James in, in in a manner is that not only did he happen to choose a couple of friends to help them get started in business, but he chose two guys who have actually made an immense fortune in that business, and not. Partly, partly due to their relationship with LeBron, of course, but far, far more than anybody really expected. And definitely they don't, you know, and I don't think you meant this, Joe, but the, the whole attitude that people have that these are just homies that hung on and don't have anything to say for themselves. And Rich Paul is some sort of an appendage that is really just LeBron James running clutch sports. That is all total BS. Rich Paul has proven that he is a smart, smart businessman, a good judgment of basketball talent, and probably one of the major architects of the player empowerment movement that we're seeing over the NBA right now. But it all comes down to Rob Palenka having learned a lesson last year. And that's I think- the reason why I say nobody is going to make that decision except Rob Palenka because that's what he's being paid for. And last year, he allowed other people to influence him to the extent that the team made a bad decision. He owns that. He knows that his job is on the line, and he has to come through this year. It's that simple. So whether Genie Bus wants this person or, or Kurt Rambis wants this person as a coach or Bill Jackson wants this person as who we should trade for, Rob Palinka is going to take all of that information. He's going to put it all together, and then he's going to sit down and he's going to decide. It's Don't it's a it's an interesting diagnosis on on whom we trade for and sign as free agents. The the battle of the ego, the battle of the who's smarter than the other person. You know, when you're in a when you're a businessman, you you run into that a lot, and when you're in a billion dollar league and as popular as the NBA and the NFL and all these big leagues are, it's even, even bigger. Cause now you've got, you got that extra testosterone with, you know, phenomenal professional athletes. You look at the track record of LeBron and his team and Pat Riley wouldn't cower down to their, I, I don't know the intricacies of what, went on before LeBron left again, but it ended in a way where maybe there's some decisions on Pat Riley's part where he did not relinquish. And then we know what happened with Gilbert in Cleveland. There were many reports where he was sick and tired of dealing with, even though they were winning, he was tired of dealing with all the amenities for these clutch guys. Yeah, but that's Dan Gilbert. Come on, man. Well, I'm just saying, it's not just Dan Gilbert, though. This, this was, is the guy you know, who. This is the guy responsible for turning down the, for the NBA. By, uh, I'm not defending Dan Gilbert. Dan Gilbert is one of two two guys that I wish I could meet one day and and say some things to him. Yeah, me too. They, him, and Mark Cuban, that poser in Dallas, whom complained like little girls when Mitch Kupchak made one of the. <laughs> what could have been one of the greatest trades of this century with CP3 coming to LA and would have likely won 
at least one or two championships with Kobe. So there's a lot of variables in this thing and nothing's perfect. No one's perfect. Clutch isn't. Rob isn't. Pat isn't. Jerry Rest wanted Cindy Markby versus Magic. Even the genius was was isn't perfect. No one's perfect. So when do we get to a point where we just have to accept that it was just that day at the casino that was just not good for you? <laughs> Are you a bad blackjack player or poker player if you get run out at that time? You know, if you've been playing poker for 30 years and you're good at it, but you had this one phase in your playing time where you're just getting knocked over, are you, is it, is it, is it fair to, to sit there and just denigrate everybody? I don't think so. I know that your heart and your brain kind of go back and forth on it. And it does for me. And a lot of it is too also getting influenced by Laker fans and kind of the Laker media. You start hearing some things and you got to kind of just, unplug a little bit and get out of it we are we are in a position right now where we have to make the right call now because of how bad the calls were this last 12 months or 10 months and then that's still you're still not out of the water (laughs) you're not even close you got to get rid of Westbrook and you got to bring some value back and you're still not out of the water because you still have to wait an entire year to hope that LeBron and AD stay healthy, healthy through the playoffs. If they get, if they don't get hurt in the regular season, and then they get hurt in the second round, it's back to square one again. Everyone's going to say, "Oh, Rob," and then they're going to go fire the trainer again, and all this. It's all going to come back when the Lakers lose. Laker fans, I'd say ninety percent of them, become prisoners of the moment. They don't really think clearly. They don't think in common sense factors. They feel they thought they they feel in feelings, right? What is it? What is it going to take? What is it going to take to get lucky? At this point, what's it going to take? We have to set the table with the right coach. You got to get rid of the, the the main cancer of a team basketball, and and replace him with something that's going to bring a value. And if that value is another injured player or another injured players. Now what? We're going to need some luck here, boys. That we will. That we will indeed. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Bring me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible. It's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cool. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's say you guys... We're each given a shot at running the Lakers. You didn't have to hear from Magic. You didn't have to hear from Genie. You didn't have to hear from the Rambi. You didn't have to hear from Phil Jackson or Magic Johnson or anyone else for that matter. And you were totally, or Clutch, or because you were totally given authority to go ahead and 
make decisions for the team. Jamie, I'm going to start with you. Given that power, given that authority, given that control, which you in real life as a Lakers fan thought, wish you would have. In fact, we all wish we had control of the Lakers right now, probably making different decisions. But I want to hear your thoughts. What's the first question you think you would need to solve before anything else? Well, first, I'd look in the mirror and see that I'm actually Greg Popovich. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I would say that we need someone to... who whines when someone beats him. Is that that Greg Popovich? <laughs> well, he does like his wine. He loves his wine, and he's nobody. Nobody else was Greg, man. I would say our top-down culture. I thought that the Lakers had a really good opportunity to really look in the mirror when the season ended, and I don't feel like they did. I don't. I think that they looked in the mirror and looked at you know that shelf and behind them over there and blamed that, and looked at that lamp against the wall and blamed that, and just started you know looking everywhere but internally and I, th- I feel the same way about the, a lot of the players I don't I feel like like right away everybody started kind of like running to the corners where they felt safe and l- lobbing some easy uh, hand grenades at, at, at Vogel or you know training staff or you know ball boy or whoever they felt comfortable blaming and that was basically how the Lakers season ended with a with a, with a pretty pathetic blame game so that's that's where I would start. I would say I we're going to be an organization that owns what happens. We are the decision makers. We were the ones who built the team. We were the ones that hired the coach. We were the ones that ultimately pulled the trigger on trading, you know, solid role players for a very expensive one-dimensional player who didn't fit with anybody else on our team. And I don't feel that you know, Rob had his cute little press conference, but I don't feel like Rob owned that decision because, you know, he was, uh, it's, it's, it's the, the proof is in the, the, the variety and, and plethora of storylines about whom to blame. And I, I would have much rather, frankly, I wish Jeannie had come forward and said, you know, whose fault it is? It's mine, but that's never going to happen. So, and so that's where I would start. I would say we are going to become a culture of owning what happens because we are the ones who are empowered to change and make changes to what is and going to happen. And and the rest falls into place after that because, you know, what's what, what one of the oddest things about this whole saga right now is is Phil's involvement because I always felt like Phil's strength was in creating a tribe outside of everything else. Oh, the organization, you mean, everything, everything else, everything else, the media, the organization, the fans, the the league, the other team, the front office. And so, Oh no, no. Beyond the front, more than the front office. He He created a village that the players all felt safe living in and could do their jobs well in. And they won doing it. And so now for him to be involved in this weird process of like, and this is why I think he's a terrible GM because you can't you can't run a team like that. You have to build. You have to build cohesion between or try to, and you have to be good at evaluating talent. And you know, Phil likes guys who can who can do fundamental things, and often would rather have a team without a dynamic superstar. Yet only ever won when he had a dynamic superstar. So. I, 
the, the culture of the Lakers feels broken. And this is what we've been talking about, you know, uh, for a while now, I feel like this whole season, uh, but especially during the off season, you know, Joe, Joe refers to it as like, you know, the confusion or there's no direction or no leadership, you know, the fact that the fact that there's a, an advocation process for, you know, basically, I don't want to say limiting, but like, you know, throwing your weight behind a relationship with one sports agency speaks to the weakness of the culture of the Lakers to think that the Los Angeles Lakers would need to rely on a sports agency is to me, mind boggling. The fact that Quinn Snyder who has won nothing is already kind of on record being like, "Mm, I don't know about that job that four coaches turned it down before Frank Vogel And, and on and on and on and on. That's not the Laker franchise. I grew up, you know, watching and rooting for this is a new thing. And, you know, I, I, I don't see, unfortunately, I don't see one question answered uh, solving it, but to your hypothesis, Gerald, I would say the question I would answer is when we blame somebody, we start at the top and it filters down from there. So you would say, how do I go ahead and start fixing the organization from the top down first? Correct. I, I think that nothing will, really truly improve until that happens. And I think it comes, you know, and then a lot of that comes, shows up on the court, you know, it's, we, 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 we signed two centers who could barely move because the Lakers have a tradition of a dominant big man in the low post. And we have let dynamic players get away in the name of pursuing a name because the Lakers are, you know, the shed where superstars go to die. So, you know, if that's the identity, then it is going to take nothing but luck for us to win another championship because it won't be done through intelligence or through planning or through, you know, having a solid base from which you make decisions from. And that is reflected in, you know, we could go through a long list of, you know, Caruso or Westbrook or, you know, Moscow or uh, Moscow. Muscala for Zubats is actually a, one of my favorite examples of that. Like, why did, what? <laughs> what? What? Well, you could also say Moscow and Ding because that you know, they just got off the Ding contract so many years no, later. A plethora, plethora of examples. I would say that, that we need to look in we are the problem and we need to solve it ourselves. That's if I was running things, obviously I'm not the problem. I'm just some fan. (laughs) You are some fan indeed. Laker Tom, if you were running the franchise and we renamed it the Laker Toms and we (laughs) have put you in charge of the whole organization. Can we rename the Laker Toms? What is the one question you would start first that you would try to answer? Well, I would make sure that the before the franchise did a single thing that we had a very solid identity and a blueprint of exactly what kind of team we were going to be. Were we going to be a team that played small ball? Were we going to be a team that played tall ball? Or were we going to be a team that could be could play either? Defense was going to be important, but so was offense. We would need to have a balanced team. I would not be a owner or or general manager in favor of a third superstar. Instead, I would want to have a great starting lineup and make sure that the first eight players in the rotation 
didn't have any minimum salary players in there. I'd make sure that we had certain character requirements that we had for the players that we were going to bring in, that they had to be multi-tool players. They had to be multi-positional defenders. They had to be able to shoot the ball. And I would want to make sure that we could play, play jumbo big or super small. And I think that once you, you know, and then that effort is going to be really important. And so you want a coach who can command and, and demand effort from players and who will hold everybody accountable, including superstars. And you're going to want superstars who want to be coached. And you're going to want to have players who want to be on a winning team that are willing to make the sacrifices necessary to do those things. And they all got to have the kind of character that they're selfless players or else it's not going to work. Um, so you start with, first with an identity. And that's your blueprint. When Who do you hire for a coach? You hire a coach who can create that kind of chemistry and that kind of synergy. And then you go and you down and down the line for the players that you're going to bring in. And yes, you're going to have to make some exceptions. You're going to have some guys who can't play defense, but boy, can they score. And you're going to have some guys who can't, who can get played off the floor because they're big men and they can't play all the time. They can't be playing a small ball lineup, but there's a need for them and a place for them on the team. You're going to have some guys who can't shoot threes, but they're dead eyes from mid range. So you've got to have a balance in there and you've got to be able to play every kind of basketball at every level and against any team that you can come up against, because that's what it comes down to in the end that you have the most versatile team, the depth to handle the injuries, because they're always going to be part of the game. And, and everything comes down to having an identity, which is why Jeannie Buss is such a terrible owner for this franchise, because she has no identity other than, her Rolodex. There you go. Wow. All right. There you go, indeed. Joe, <laughs> he's getting fired up here. I want to hear your thoughts. We just turned it over to you. Laker Tom has retired as a winning GM, <laughs> several championships after taking over for Jamie Sweet, oh, who oh. won several championships. Oh, you, know, okay. you both, or you went into early retirement, Jamie. There you go. Yes, you wanted <laughs> yeah. to spend more time with the family. Laker Tom go. took over got several championships, turned it over to Joe. Seeing how the situation is now for the team, as of now, let's say you took over in this current situation. What is the first question you would try to answer? I'm going to, I'm going to bring a little bit of contrast. Look at, look at, is it Masai in uh, Toronto? Masai, 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 sorry. So Masai, you saw the, the questions about, the Lakers' interest in Nurse, and you saw his dreaming answer, his response. That's real. That's someone who's real. I like real people. When you listen to Rob Palinka, and this is before all this, by the way, this is from when I first came on. Everything is a good, and everything is nice, and everything is just. PC and by the book, you know, <laughs> what happens when you're like that is there'll eventually be a level of fakeness that starts to materialize. And then when things go bad, you're not going to be able to weasel your way out of it without looking like a jackass. Jeannie is... She won the genetic lottery. Her dad is Dr. Jerry Buss, a visionary, a 
PhD in chemistry and, you know, came from nothing to something. And again, I'm not trying to dog on Jeannie in, in, in that she's fortunate to have been born in that family. But how do you, how do you know, how do you, how can you build something if you don't, you've never had to really build anything. You've always had, had it, you know, and being in charge. Oh man. When you're an owner of a business, you have to be about it from every angle, every day. There's a reason why Elon Musk, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, all these guys are in it 80 hours a week still. It's not about the money, right? It's what they want to do. It's who they are. It's how they're how they're wired. If you are an owner of the LA Lakers and you're not wired for it, this is the result. Rob Palenka was an agent for, what, 25 years? Is he really wired to go to the gym and watch John Doe basketball guy at, 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 at some prominent high school where, wow, what's going on? Jerry West, what Jerry West did it. Matter of fact, Jerry West changed NBA history, Laker history because of that. He was at a gym at a time that wasn't normal to pick a guard to come straight from the high school ranks to the NBA, but he recognized it. And you would think even if Jerry's sitting there saying things that are derogatory, I don't care what Jerry West says about the Lakers, probably true anyways, Jerry West built your whole legacy, especially in the last 30 years. You give that man whatever he wants. You bring that man back, okay? I love Jerry West more because of the show. I know he's mad about it. I still love – I love Jerry West. I love Michael Jordan more because of these shows. And maybe I'll get lucky one day and I'll tell them both. Michael, that's an easy one. But Jerry Jerry seems to be kind of really offended by what's been going on. But if I'm if – I'm if I am hired or let's say – I wouldn't be hired actually. Let's say I'm sitting in a room and they're sitting there going – Joe, we want to hire you as general manager. What is it going to take for you to accept our offer? First and foremost will be, all right, get out of my way and do my job. I don't want to hear about Linda. I don't want to hear about your third cousin and what they think. I don't want to hear about Jim Buss's bartender, Chaz. I don't want to hear about anything, okay? The first meeting I have, if they offered me the job and they agreed that they'd leave me alone to do my job, is I would call LeBron and only LeBron into my office and say, what do you want to do? This this team hinges on you and AD, but you're, you're the guy that's here. You're the guy that's there. You're the guy that's playing all the time. What do you want? You want to you want to feel good, or do you want to feel a little uncomfortable and go win? Because winning is uncomfortable. It's always uncomfortable. I mean, imagine we're fans, and we're there were times where I'm dreading when we're down two one in a second round series. Right? You're like sitting there going, "Uh, we lose this game. We're down three one. You don't even want to watch the game sometimes." And then they're up ten points in the second quarter. You're like, "Is this game ever going to end?" You're uncomfortable. But what makes us fans? 
And what makes us coming keep coming back is those six times in the last 22 years where in the end it was euphoria. But Or you could also the, say it's one time in the last 11 years. I, I'm not going to talk about this again. <laughs> yeah. We were, we were, we were railroaded because of, we were, we had that funk because we were railroaded, but we should have a drinking go. game. Every time Joe no. mentions the Christmas. No, 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 no. I will never get off it. Okay. We, what we were railroaded and I'm not going to, I'm not going to pull that one title in 11 years. Bull crap. And we, the, they, the league could not handle Lakers winning for some weird reason. And David Stern being the, weasel that he was he changed the rules every time the lakers were winning he was always all up in our business he changed he, he implemented the zone because of Shaq after the three-peat he had two lockouts look david stern was great from 84 to 98 98 and beyond he was a disaster that's why there's a shelf life that's why there's times for people you know, I, I really, truly believe that. Look at Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis retired from acting. He had a lot left. But you know what? He's sitting there going, guys, I've won three Oscars. I've been acting for 35 years. What what, what else am I going to do other than, what, go get a paycheck? No, I'm going to go back to Scotland or England or wherever you are. I'm going to go make shoes. Okay? And that's it. I've done it. To me, we just talked about this. We've come close. We've we've done what we what you're supposed to do in, in, in media, right? Where we we started with a discussion and we're sort of ending with it, right? Guys like Stephen A. Smith, guys like Jim Rome, guys like Colin Howard, they're played out. It's over. Like there's no suspense anymore. I'm not interested in listening to the same BS. And then on top of that, if you're just gonna hire someone because of a demographic, on top of all that, now it's like, well, how do we know these people are really talented to do this? And it, 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 and it makes sense because that's kind of what we do. That's what they did in L.A. They hired Rob off reputation. He knew Kobe. Okay. Jeannie is Jeannie. Jeannie knows Linda. Jeannie knows Linda because of Kurt. It's like, can we just hire talent, please? You come off as some, oh, you're that guy sitting in his thing doesn't want anything to change no i'm not doing that i want talent running things i don't care what you look like where you are or what you do or who you know i want talent if you happen to know them and you trust them and they have the talent cool but if they don't have the talent and you're just they're just there because of nepotism then you're this is the result talent people talent i want talented people Talent is very hard to find. It is very hard. I am a business owner, and I know it, okay? I know it. It is hard to find. Why? Because there's not a lot of people that put in the work, and there's not a lot of people that are mentally focused day in and day out. It just, it's just not. They have relationship issues, or they can't handle their kids, or their friends are scumbags, and all this real-world garbage crap. So we're, we're here. You're, you're asking me if I, if I was running this thing, get the F out of my way. Let me run this. If I stink, fire me. But at least we'll have an identity. At least we'll have an identity. At least I'll have things put in place. 
Can we do this? Can we do that? No, you can't do that. Okay, well, I tried, guys. You wouldn't let me do it. But if you did let me do it, let's see what the results are. It's so funny because if Joe actually led the Lakers to a championship as they were accepting the Larry O'Brien trophy, he would make sure he would ask for two simply because of the fact that the Lakers got railroaded on that Christmas. No, trade. what I would do is I do what Ricky Henderson did when he when he broke Lou Brock's stolen base record. I am greatest. <laughs> oh. You guys don't remember that, do you? I, I do. I, I, that's Ricky. I know, I know you do. I know G does. Yeah, it's Ricky Henderson. Laker, Laker Tom doesn't remember though. Yeah, uh, yeah just and played for the Yankees. I was gonna say, I think <laughs> Ricky needs to talk dozens of times for the A's in person. <laughs> I used to hear stories about people when Ricky would talk to people just in the locker room. He he talked in the first in first person. You know, Ricky don't go to the shower. Well, there never <laughs> will Ricky be. Ricky don't I go think... to the parking lot at night. Well, there like never people, will be, I think, a somebody that's going to top the single season record for stolen bases because no one's going to break that record because yeah. baseball's completely changed. And I think yeah. we're never going to see another three hundred game winner in in in, um, in baseball. Yeah, it could be a possibility. At yeah. least the innings. I think the innings because they shortened down the innings as well. So I think that could be another or strikeouts. Anything relating to longevity, as far as that's concerned, because they love to go. The ahead integrity now. of the game has been ruined forever by the by the ghost runner. <laughs> Yeah, come on. Well, I mean, pitchers, what starting pitchers these days, they don't usually get past the fifth inning, so that's right there. That's something that's but ghost runners, me, I mean, really, yeah, yeah, I know. But I do like the fact that that, now the DH is there. I don't like the pitcher hitting, never liked the pitcher hitting. Thought that was what's what's next. The teams will have the automatic free throw shooters. Well, there, yeah, maybe we should try that for my. I thought they got rid of it, and then all of a sudden I saw it. They like, what did they change their mind after they 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 ended the lockout? Well, no, yeah, the, yeah, those yeah. were the details that had to be hammered out yeah. post-agreement. Yeah. At least they're yeah. going to get yeah. rid of the switch. The, the, that That's going to be good. You know, no more... to it. But I, even that is dumb. Like, why stop the manager from managing? You want to throw all the infielders on 1-7? Learn how to bunt to the left side then. Like, for the love they of can't. God. They can't, Jamie, because... No, no, th- th- that's what I'm saying. Yeah. The, the, the fundamental skill base... Nobody wants to play game. that kind of baseball anymore, Jamie, because nobody comes to watch it. You That's can't. That's you the whole point of changes. You, you can't. I do. You're trying to save baseball. I go to watch that stuff. I mean, otherwise, the only place you're going to go be able to see it'll probably the fans be love the long ball in the middle of the country, home runs, in the middle of a cornfield, home runs, game three pointers. Yes, absolutely. But if I was running the team, Uh-oh. I would start with one question, which is the reason why I actually pointed this out for you guys as far as the topic for today, and that is. I really seriously thought, you know, sit down in the office for a while and think about this clearly and ask myself, is having a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis still going to get me a championship? If I try to build around it with whatever limited resources I can down the line, can I go ahead and still build a championship team around LeBron James and Anthony Davis? That's the wrong it, question. No, that's the right question. Better that's question the question I would ask. That's the question I would ask. Do I have a better chance of winning a championship in the next two years? No, that's the question I would ask myself is, do I have a chance of winning a championship? Yeah, you could get an answer could be no, but it could still give you the best chance. (laughs) Again, I'm answering it for myself. You're answering (laughs) it for yourself. You had your own question asked. I'm asking myself my own question. So that's the first question I'm asking is, do I think that that LeBron James. I was just trying to improve your answer. That's all. 
Well, it's that's the question I'm going to get ask. rid of. Do I think I can win a championship you're, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis? If no, the, the first question, yes. Gerald. The first question you're going to ask is, why is my office next to Laker Tom's? Uh, he's retired. Tell him he already won his championships. He's already no, retired. He's right. I'm retired. Yes, he just retired with his several championships, putting us well past the Los Angeles, uh, the Boston Celtics. But I will just say again, if the question is, wait, no, do I get to talk to Jeannie from now on, though, and give her ideas? Well, you get to talk to the rabbi. I'm going to give you the rabbi instead. Oh, no. Stop yes. it, please. Can I at least talk to Linda? Me. <laughs> well, I, yeah, that's all on you. We Maybe talk feel about, comfortable. We talk about the Rambus people more than we talk about anybody else. That's scary. Is, is this just real? Well, again, let me close out by saying this. I will say that that would be my question I would ask. Do I think I can win a championship with LeBron and AD? Gerald, do you, do you think he's no? Then there's some trades you need to do ASAP. That's simple as that. And if there's Gerald, not, he's going to trade him. Gerald, do you, you think he's going to sign an extension? She's not going to trade him. No, yeah. she she'll let him walk. He'll walk. Yeah, she said either which yeah. way. So there's always the midseason deadline, Jamie. <laughs> well, that's what we're talking about for Westbrook. He may last until the you know, you know, if he lasts till the if, if they wait till the 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 deadline, you can kiss. Any chance of winning a championship next Tom, year? Tom, I've watched back-to-back draft or you know trade deadline day specials on Laker of Laker or Laker fast breaks. Those were exciting. Those are exciting, exciting podcasts. Oh my God, Gerald From, and I watching grass grow. That's right. <laughs> well, if, again, if you're looking at it statistically, it kind of, you kind of have to wonder about keeping those two yeah, there. Well, after, you know, their health. Not their the age. will not be a virgin this year. Their this health and their age, you know, I'm just putting it out bubble. there. I'm not saying I would trade them. I'm not saying I wouldn't trade them. I'm just saying that's no, the question I would have to you ask. You don't them. trade them. That's stupid because your best shot at winning a championship the next two years is to keep them. But the franchise going forward. As low as it may be, that's your as best low shot. It may, as, okay, did you set yourself as low as it may be? Well, <laughs> you want the truth. But that's the point I was trying to make, that as poor as your shot may be with the two of them, Without them, your shot is really almost impossible. But what if you what if you were to trade and get assets back that you that could seriously improve your team to put them in a better place going forward? For There's years? a bunch of theoretical trades that somebody might make, but when you get down to it, the Lakers aren't going to do that because the odds of the that Lakers. turning out to be something that gives you a better chance to win. But that's giving the up. Question the question is for years. us. If it's we were running the, the Lakers, the Lakers aren't going to do it. You know, it's like, the, it's like Lakers. dreaming of a new ownership. I said, CD Bus is not going to sell the Lakers, man. The so question was if we it, were running the Lakers, about it, not the Lakers even running voting about it. Oh, uh, you just, okay, you were just going to happen. Uh, I didn't say what happened. I said if I was running the Lakers, I would ask myself that question. So I'm going to just leave it at that. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. But before we head on out, there is HBO's Winning Time ended season one plus the NBA playoffs. So we'll hit up HBO's Winning Time. Another great season in the books for another television show. Of course, there's season two along the way that's coming up. It's already been renewed. HBO's Winning Time has garnered its share of controversy over the course of the past 10 episodes. Concluded this earlier this evening with what we all know with the Lakers winning the 1980 championship, Magic Johnson getting the MVP, supposedly during the course of the show, stealing it away from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 
Plus, you also have Spencer Haywood plotting to kill the Lakers. So what's truth and what's fiction in this? Well, when it concerns Haywood, it actually wasn't. As Who cares? He actually did or was contemplating in a co-conduced rage for his being let go by Paul Wested. He was inquiring about put, you know, cutting the brakes off of Paul Westhead's car. So he was, he did admit to that in a book that he wrote and that Westhead did forgive him down the line when he was in recovery because West uh, Haywood has become, you know, since his retirement, become a major advocate against drug use. So, uh, you know, that was something that is actually kind of true as far as at least the coach is concerned, but no, he did not plot to kill the entire Lakers team as what you saw in tonight's last episode. Also as well, when it concerns the MVP award, we all know that coming into it, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was leading the numbers as far as overall doing the best. But with Magic Johnson getting that excellent last game where Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was not in the game because he was home because he had sprained his ankle the previous game, Magic Johnson had that terrific performance and the people responsible for making the vote for the MVP decided on making him the MVP for the series after that performance, which I think was justified. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I think, paid a lot of respect to him during that time from what I remember, and it did not turn out exactly as the way it did. But that leads me into the question for tonight is, season one is in the books. It's created a share of controversy. Joe, I'll start with you. Your overall thoughts on season one? I mean, it turned into something that you enjoyed really to start off with. Then it seemed to go off on the rails at times for you. But how did it end up for season one for you with winning time? After the show, I'm going to watch number 10. But uh, the ending of nine was goofy. He went to his drug dealer and said, I want to air the Lakers. I'm like, eh, Really? <laughs> is this real? <laughs> well, he, like I said, he was plotting to kill, or at least he was in the planning stages. He uh, actually talked to his mom that talked him out of it. I understand building the drama, but this is, this is fast and the furious suspension of disbelief now. People flying in the air 100 miles an hour and falling in a window and not having a scratch on them. You don't need to do that. You know, if you want to say Spencer Hayward, Haywood, was going to go slash his brakes. Okay, not go to his his dope dealer and go, hey, what kind of guns do you have? Oh, I got bazookas and I got this and I got that. He's like, anything that works. I'm like, come on, give me a break. Okay. I, 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 my enjoyment of it is because I think it's got a nice balance of really good talent and the fact that it's a maker themed show which that's my team and then you remember certain things that you've read in the past that now put on film those are the fun parts and then listening to john c riley doing his thing and you know sally field and how that all played out i thought that was nice and i like genie i like the the girl that plays genie i don't know why i think just think she's really good i'm i'm satisfied i i I really only watched two shows, that one and, and uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, and those are, you know, I don't even really consider Better Call Saul a new show. It's basically a spinoff of Breaking Bad. So Winning Time is really the first show I've started watching that was episodic. 
since Breaking Bad stopped showing. And I I just, I I like knowing and being entertained uh, about my team. I, I think that's kind of where I'm at on that. Right now, I'm as soon as I'm, we're done here, I'm going to go watch number 10, and then we're going to, I'll probably be able to give you a better assessment of, of the overall quality of, of, of the first 10 episodes, and then hopefully they can get the next batch out quick because uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it. And I can't wait for the 3 P one. That's what I can't wait for. I want to see who's going to play Kobe, who's going to play Shaq. But that's like they, several seasons down the line. And that's, the, that's, that's how they get you. You know, that's how they get you. you <laughs> they wet your beak, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, you're going to talk about – what are they? Are you going to talk about Siddell 3? And Cedric Sabalas Lakers? Are they going to oh. do a show for them? I mean, Mr. Cedric, uh, Cedric was movie. good at Cedric was good at drama. I mean, he he decided one day to get up during Havasu, game day. And go, hmm, Havasu. I feel like I want to go to Lake Havasu. <laughs> and then what you want to, and then how that plays in is, if he doesn't go to Lake Havasu, we don't get Robert Ory. We don't get Robert Ory. We don't win in two thousand two. Uh, Imagine, doing a sh- imagine do- connecting the dots and doing all that. I- I- I'm sure obsessed Laker fans know that scenario, but the general Laker fan or the general audience, they don't know squat about that stuff. That'd be fun watching the actor who plays Robert Ory throw a towel in Danny Ainge's face. <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I like never. I would never condone a player to ever do anything like that to a coach, except if he's a Celtic. <laughs> That's right. Especially Danny Ainge. And especially Danny Ainge, because we've all wanted to kick that guy in the face. Well, remember, he bit Tree, Tree Rollins. Tree Rollins is a nut case. I mean, I, I, that guy was nuts. Raw Rory isn't nuts. He's just temperamental, and he's kind of into what he is. And but, but Danny Ainge probably, God knows what he said to him, that just, eh, what do you know, bud? Now I'm going to Lakers. Okay, well, let us know your final thoughts, hopefully on the Wednesday show. when we I'll call you at 1 a.m. tonight and let you know. I'm sure you will. I'll be up editing, so no problem on that. Yep, I'll be up. I got two shows to edit. But, Jamie, did you get a chance to see any of Winning Time? Did you get it? No, no. Is it because you didn't want to? Is it because you couldn't? No, I've got the whole season on DVR. It's coming. All right. Okay. Because I want to hear your thoughts on that, man. Because something. Want to talk about Moon Knight? You want to talk about Moon Knight? Well, I've already. I shared my thoughts this weekend on Moon Knight. I think that's got uh, performance right there. Like, like for instance, Oscar Isaac and John C. Riley both did their great jobs as far as portraying. In the case of Oscar Isaac, multiple characters. In in case of John C. Riley, did a great job playing Jerry Buss. I think it stands out. Uh, you know, there's some is- other issues I have. Again, I love John C. Riley. John C. Riley is one of the great actors of this generation and of our time. Yeah, there you go. But I, I still think the way they portrayed Jason Segel, portrayed Paul West, had still have an issue with that. Jerry West, you know, again, yeah. they made it out to be too much of a lampooning job. There, you know, you but... can't you can't begrudge an actor their choices. They got a job to do too, man. Yeah, well, no, they're they're being paid. I'm not begrudging the actor. I'm begrudging the people who wrote the actor that material. So sure. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, you know that'll be that'll, that'll have to come out on the uh, post the post series documentary where it's like, was that your choice or was that something that just happened on set like in the moment? You know, we'll find that out. We'll find all that out later. And I also wanted to talk with Joe, Joe when he was mentioning Fast Fur- and Furious, and it's funny because F ten, Justin Lin walked off the set and left after an argument with Vin Diesel. 
what could it be about? I mean, what could it be about as far as plot? What could have been so crazy in regards to the it's plot? It's too that much, guys. There's a shelf life They've for been things. into space, for God's sakes. Where could it's, you go? He's, it's about he's, cars crashing, you know, good-looking girls, some hip-hop music at the I end. I can and see that. I can go anywhere I want to go see that. I don't want to see it in a theater anymore. I've still never seen I've never seen a single I don't Money's not everything. But I'm you wondering, wondering what that, that, caused Justin Lin to go. I mean, it could be. It must have been exactly. Over See, Justin Lin has principles. He got tired. He's like, look, I'm done. I'm done with this. There's a spot. There's look. When you're in that industry and you're as popular as he is, you, you've got other options. Why do you have to go? Money is not everything. I've had no money and I've had money. Trust me when I say this. When you compromise your principles for money, you will be a miserable human being. You'll turn into Vin Diesel fighting La Rock, fighting the director. Why? Because he's entitled. You get entitled. You get relaxed. You get set in your ways when you're still when you're doing the same but thing Justin over and Lynch over again. Directed several Fast and Furious movies, and none of them have been anything resembling a well-made movie. Because Justin he's Lynch not the one calling the shots. He's just the director. They don't want to make good yeah. movies. Yeah, Come they're on. not. You think Cars you think crashing, that script? You know the whole music thing, and, and yeah, that's it. That's all they're. Yeah, working. no, it's it, they're, it, it, they're 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 glorified MTV videos, man. They're, it's, it's a formula. It works. Again, you, you remember Tropic Thunder? You remember Tropic Thunder? You remember the beginning of Tropic Thunder? One of the greatest opening scenes in movie history, where they what was it? The Tuck Speedman in yes. you know Scorched Earth, you know Eight. One of the best Tom Cruise performances of all time. One of the best performances in the history of a, a hundred actors on that show. There, there, Tom there was Cruise no was sensation. Everyone yeah. was amazing. Okay, so that scorched the that's that was it. That's all right. The, yes. That's what they are. They've become they've become this parody of themselves, and and people like I know they keep watching it. That's the thing is, if the audience well, is going to keep paying money to see it, then go see it. But I'm sorry, I checked out, guys. I'm, I, I can't watch that crap anymore. Yeah, I never watched a single Fast and Furious movie, and I probably never will. There, what you've seen one, you've seen them all, and I'll leave it at that. I Transformers Tom. was another one. Family, the family, family. I live my life one quarter of a mile at a time. But Laker I, Tom, isn't that the okay. same with the Friday the Now, 13th? now I'm James Bond, and I'm in okay. Brazil, and I'm okay. Well, Laker Tom, you have been again. You actually took the time to watch this. Like Joe, you never really watched episodic viewing anymore. You took the time to go ahead and invest yourself in this series. I am definitely want to hear your final thoughts as the series closed out its first season. Hopefully the first of many, because I do want to support something relating to the Lakers, even though the Lakers themselves don't want to support it. But I want to hear your thoughts on HBO's winning time season one. Well, you know, I have a... I have a whole range of thoughts on it because, as you said, this is the first time, just like Joe, it's the first time I've really watched any episodic TV at all. I mean, I never watched Breaking Bad or any of any TV shows. I refuse to do it out of principle. So I compromised that principle just for you, Gerald. Well, thank and, you. Uh, I never watched the show, and I happen to love the show. I will tell you one thing I won't do is that I'm not going to watch every week like these fools want you to. I cannot stand that whole thing. Not the least of which is that I have to kind of remember which episode I'm on just to make sure that the they don't resume me 
I've had several instances where I get resumed two or three shows, two or three episodes ahead. You know, and I've got to, they, they, they go through the review at the start of the show and I see, well, I didn't miss, I, I missed all of that. So it, it, it's really bothers me. I'm only going to, I'm only going to binge watch this stuff going forward. Okay. Okay. And, but you know, it's got me watching three or four other things, outer, outer uh, range. And uh, I've watched all of the Bosch stuff and, and so forth. So uh, it's an interesting thing. Now, as to the show itself, um, you know, I saw a photo in Twitter. It was a black and white photo of Magic Johnson and Dr. Buss that first year sitting at a table talking. And I swear to God, they look so much like John C. Riley and Quincy Isaiah that, you know, I had to I had to really look twice and say, wait a minute, is did they just recreate that shot or was this an original shot? The casting was so good in this show. And I remember them saying when they were discussing it that a big part of it not only was to make sure that that infectious smile and and that wry sort of grin that Jerry West, that Jerry uh, Buss had, that they could be replicated by the actors that they put into those positions. And And man, I tell you, there are times when I watch that show where I'm just amazed. John C. Riley could be Jerry West. I mean, it could be Jerry Buss. And, uh, and John C. Riley in charge. He's, you know, it's just terrific. The other thing, though, that I loved is that this is the first time where we really got to see a lot of basketball action by the players themselves. And you, you got to see Solomon Hughes playing on the court, like throwing the sky hooks up and so forth and making plays. And you got to see... Quincy dribbling down the ball and, and twirling and, and, and making plays. And you could really start to understand how well that was done compared to a lot of other sports movies where you've seen big name stars. <laughs> I can remember movies with Paul Newman boxing, for example, and not even knowing how to hit somebody. And, and, and players, baseball players who couldn't even swing the bat, you know, and, and definitely basketball players who couldn't play basketball. Um, so I thought the scenes and the layouts of that, that were all real well done. And then last but not least, I've always contended during the entire show that in the end, the portrayals of certain characters are all going to balance out. And you're going to see that, yeah, well, these guys are human. They end up as heroes, you know? I mean, the way that Kareem handled himself through that whole situation, the way that Magic handled himself, um, the way that that Riley, uh, or the way that that uh, Pat Riley and and uh, Jack McKinney and uh, the way they solved all of those things, and and I love the fact that McKinney. I'd like to know whether that was really a true thing that he had this, that he'd already planned out what to do if Kareem couldn't play, you know, and he actually was going to have Magic at center. It's kind of funny. One of the things that I don't know if anybody else had this. Every so often when I go back and look at the Lakers histories, things start to merge together. And there was a good portion. I started to tell my wife how this thing was going to end. And I realized that, you know what? I've been imagining in the entire time I've watched the show, the wrong ending. Because what I call it, what I, what I pulled out of my mind and my memory as an older man was the skyhook that 
magic made to win a championship. And I somehow put that idea when I, I got that mixed up with the Philadelphia game where he actually replaced magic. And then I remembered all of, of course, that, that sky hook that magic put in, he also could have thrown a lob pass to Kareem who would have dunked the ball. Um, but it's kind of interesting that in the juxtaposition of all of these championship moments, because like Joe was saying, there's a, I had forgotten a lot of how a lot of this stuff went down, you know, and getting, I, I think Gerald's done a great job of recounting, you know, where, you know, where the reality was, uh, was exaggerated in order for the entertainment factors and so forth. But I thought all of the guys came off as, you know, the three, the three guys who were doing the coaching, they all came off as really well. I thought the players came off really well, um, you know, and, Hey, you know, you, the reason I love the series, though, is the entertainment. And and it is. It is making characters out of Jerry Buss and, and out of Jerry West was definitely a big part of how this thing, the whole, this whole thing could really work. But I give them, you know, they get five stars from nine. I'll, I'm going to binge next time. So, uh, you know, maybe you'll break me down and I'll have to watch that one series in an episodic fashion. But I really dislike that because there's like three or four series that I am watching now and I've got to stop them all just because I cannot deal with, you know, I can't remember which episode I'm on. It's so funny though. It's so funny how all of us are complaining about episodic television. And for most of our lives on everybody on this show, what has it been for us? Episodic Episodic television. Yeah. But I never watched that stuff. You know, I never watched the TV shows when they were on free networks, I, I refused. I only watched movies and sports. Okay. I'm just I'm just saying what life has been like for us well, for I most watch of our lives I did until watch the last decade. Friday nights. Yeah. It wasn't until Netflix came along that binging was really a thing. Listen, Gerald, you're watching the wrong TV. You're watching the wrong TV. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I as someone who has several streaming outlets. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. But before we head on out, if you have any questions or thoughts or comments on winning time, we'd love to hear it. Love your feedback on it. Go ahead and let us know Lakers fast break or in the comments in the YouTube channel. I'll tell you what, you guys have been doing an amazing job out there. Ox1947 and I, Joe Soro, has been doing a great job answering your comments. You guys have been just laying out a whole bunch of comments, your thoughts on the organization and so much more. So if you want to share your thoughts on the Lakers or winning time, please let us know right there or at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. But before heading out, an NBA playoffs update because there is still games going on. It's been very interesting to see. We've got some ties going around right now. Some teams that are going back to their home arenas a little bit uh, concerned. One is in Phoenix. 
And one is in Miami, which thought they had both of them, the easy uh, things going on when they headed into the uh, opposing arenas. But, well, two games later, total different story, plus what's going on as well in Golden State and also just going on as well in Milwaukee. So before we head on out, guys, wanted to go ahead and recap, recap real, real quick on Sunday night. What we have is right now two games to two is – Miami and Philadelphia with Philadelphia with the game tonight where James Harden actually for once looked like James Harden and helped out Joel Embiid and the crew to go ahead with a victory tonight. So they're, they're tied heading back to Miami right earlier today. They had a good game going on with Dallas and Phoenix. Dallas has looked a lot better than when they did in Phoenix. Fancy that the home cooking there with even though, that Luca had a terrible game by his standards. The rest of the team picked him up and led to a comfortable victory. So they're two and two headed to Phoenix. Tomorrow night's games will include Milwaukee, which has a two one game lead right now over. Well, right now over a very, very, very concerned Boston Celtic team, but they still got a good chance as long as they continue to play defense on Giannis and you never know with the loss of Chris Middleton. When will that be a factor if it isn't already? And then you have as well in the nightcap, you have in San Francisco, you have the Golden State Warriors with a two to one games lead in a very hotly contested in more ways than one matchup against Memphis with a lot of uh, people asking or you know trying to go ahead and accuse each other of dirty play after what we saw now with Good. yeah well it's it's been it's been nasty, it's been chippy. I kind of like it. It's playoff basketball right there for you. We saw the we saw the unfortunate injury though for Gary Payton the second got followed up by a well I just I guess a lot of people are talking about you know Jordan Poole maybe possibly tweaking the knee of John Morant who most likely will not be in Game Four so Joe I'm gonna hit you up first on this which series has been entertaining or have they all been entertaining to you so far well you know series don't really become a series until the road team wins uh-huh. now that's different and the, uh, the golden state memphis game is a little bit of a nostalgic series where you have a bunch of chatter which i'm surprised the nba hasn't suspended the whole team for chattering uh i'd like to see more of that i'd like to see more of people accusing the other guy of trying to take people's heads off because that's to me what playoff basketball is all about and the Philly Miami series, hmm, got interesting, didn't it? Hmm. If they beat Miami in Game Five, they might close it out in six. They might. Well, the odds. Uh, well, let me just say this. I'll let you continue. The Game Five winner. Just to let you know, on series that are tied, the Game 5 winners statistically are like, what, 60 to 70% as far as winning the series. So that usually gives them the big advantage going forward. And Miami is, you know, it suffers from, you know, Jimmy Butler is a star, but he's Played like, like one tonight. Yeah, he's just, I don't know. He's, he's not like Joel Embiid star or... And even to some degree, James Harden, even when he was winning them. Well, he doesn't yeah. get the foul calls that those two get. It, yeah, I, I guess he could. You could. You could go that route too. So what they, you're saying is, when he gets 38, like he did tonight, it's not the same as if Joel Embiid gets 38. No, 
no. It's 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 weird how basketball. It's weird how certain players will dominate a game, and it's typically not. It, they could score the same amount of points, and it's a completely different game. LeBron James averaged thirty points a game this year, and like Magic before him, when they average too many points, it actually is a detriment to the team in terms of winning because their games are focused more on distribution and getting everybody involved. So Jimmy Butler is scoring those numbers because there's no one else on his team that can do it. There's been talk about Tyler Hero needs to show up in another level uh, to have a chance at going further in the playoffs. Well, folks, Tyler Hero is a sixth man. He is not a superstar. He is a star... Not a superstar. He's not a one one A on a title team. So it's not a surprise that if James Harden decides that he wants to play instead of go to strip clubs, and then of course if Joel Embiid is healthy, it's very likely that those guys are going to end up winning the series. The Dallas Phoenix series. Uh, my head tells me that the Dallas took two at home, but. If Phoenix wins game five, I think they'll close it out in Dallas. But I don't know if I don't know if Chris Paul is starting to feel the pressure. It just seems like anytime this happens, Chris Paul can't seem to close the door. Those two and O leads. Those two and O leads are detriment to him, it seems like. Kind of like Doc Rivers when he's up three one. However, you can't even blame it on Scott Foster. <laughs> isn't that what society is all about it's always about blaming the other guy right or, I mean, or, we, or the ref <laughs> blame the refs uh everything that happens to you is uh bro code has been broken that guy out of all the people to say that steve kerr you have a guy who's a nut uh, banger on the court and, and you're talking about bro code if there was ever a bro code it's not hitting your bro in the nuts. That's a br- the ultimate bro code. So I just think people are so into their own. If you wait long enough, you will see selfishness. It doesn't matter who it is. Those people, anybody, it doesn't matter who it is. You can sit there and listen to them yap. Well, I do this and I do that. And we're all about community. We're all about this. But then when the pressure hits... Just one little comment will 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 reveal the, who they really are. Um, now, this is sports. I'm not talking about anything about sports here. It's it's it, it'd be an easier response to say we got unlucky. He went for his head. He took it off. He broke his arm. We'll see what happens next. But no, we gotta go. Meh. He broke broke bro code. And now Poole is doing what he did and all this. And I'm like, just be, just be transparent. Just say, say something. What, are you worried about getting fined? Don't they make like $80 million a year? What are you worried about? What, a $10,000 fine? Hey, it's making the sport exciting. The ratings are up. Uh, I, I kept hearing about how LeBron's not in it. We don't know if the, the ratings are going to go up. Matter of fact, it's actually, I think the last few years, the ratings have gone up when LeBron has been bounced out of the playoffs. So, uh, interesting narrative there, but um, I I'm we are we could see we could see something happening within the next few years where the 
audience finally gets to the to the point in the NBA where we don't really win the championship. That's that never happens. That's very rare. It's usually uh, it's going to be this team or that team, and it usually happens. We don't know. I mean, if Dallas beats Phoenix, could they go to the finals? And how sick are we going to be from that if Jason Kidd wins the title with Dallas? It's parody. And Jared Dudley. Yeah, I, I won't, stop I won't, with the Jared Dudley stuff. I won't be. Oh God, it's honor of about, Garcia. It's please, enough of already with this Jared you're Dudley talking crap. To the wrong group of guys. You are please. talking to Laker Tom is the leader of the uh, Jared Dudley fan club. Enough. I'm, I'm not a fan of Jared Dudley. I don't mean like him, but I'm not a fan. Neither either. am I. Neither am I. Jamie, your thoughts on this? Do you think it was a dirty play by Jordan Poole? I mean, it I, from the replay, it kind of looks like it, but I'm not 100% sure. It kind of looks like he was picking his knee. I watched the replay a few times, and I didn't even really see. I, with his left hand. It it's was. Fast. He's going for the ball. I mean, it's the same. I mean, I thought that the, the takedown that Brooks did of, of, of Gary Payton. Uh, that was dirty. That was that was egregious, and he deserved to get ejected. He got ejected. He definitely probably deserved totally to get suspended. Play. I mean, it, it, let's put it. But let's but, but let's also be honest. If he doesn't break his arm, he Brooks doesn't get suspended. Yeah. Right, and that's the double standard of the NBA itself. And I still yeah. like buying him on that Hobbit in Dallas back in the day. That was my favorite. <laughs> right, favorite <laughs> shot. <laughs> the greatest. JJ Barea. I mean, I. It's the playoffs. People I like getting, violence. People are going to play hard. Let them I play can hard. Tell. Let them play hard. You know, like it, it, the the regular season is fraught with with games of like turning it on in the last seven minutes of the game, where like run back and forth, shoot a three here, drive to the rim there, and it's just is kind of tedious. That when the playoffs finally do roll around, suddenly everybody gets like, oh my, god. it all just gets like blown way out of proportion. So. I'm not sure. Let him play hard. It's you know, did Brooks you know go a little above the line? And I mean, but completely accurate uh, <laughs> uh, uh, statement of, of of all the people to be talking about uh, any kind of code whatsoever. Steve Kerr really ought to just uh, sit on his mouth and stop yapping. And he uh, does. That. That's what he does. He's always been like that. It's well, and that's that's a Phil Jackson. That's a Phil Jackson. Thing, no, yeah. Phil Jackson did it in a way where. He would smarter. say things like, "Yeah, he he did it in an he did it in a snide way where we were just laughing your butt off." Like, right. what did no, he, what, he's, what, he's what, no Phil. He's no when Phil. He, when he said about what was he said? What did he say? He said something about what was a broke back m- moment, like something like that. And then he he apologized to horses in his apology. I I was dying, man. I was right. laughing my butt off. That's that's why you left Phil. But I mean, listen. It, this the NBA has a unwritten. If you want to talk about unwritten rules, there's an unwritten rule of the champs are the champs until somebody beats them. And honestly, I don't see anybody that looks like they can stop Giannis. So that's that's kind of where this uh, whole narrative it begins and ends for me. I don't I don't see any team uh, that can take Giannis when he is engaged and focused and energetic uh out of his game and that's that's going to decide the nba finals this year is who stops Giannis? um i don't think it's going to be boston i don't think it'll be miami or philly um because they will just abuse james harden on defense all game long every game 
and James will have to go to the strip club to get his head right. And then and he, won't, he won't be able to drop no 30 points. So uh, could Phoenix beat Giannis? They couldn't last season, so I don't see why that would change this season. And I don't think Dallas is going to get out of this round because the home team is going to win every game. Um, it'll probably go seven, but I, I kind of have the home team winning every game in the series. Um, so, you know, it's 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 who's going to stop Antetokounmpo? And the answer is only Giannis at this point. There's nobody who can compete with him athletically, and he's got skills now. He's he's done a fantastic job and does not, I think, get enough recognition, even though he does get recognition, for adding skills to his game every single summer, every single year, always. And that's impressive to me. That's impressive to me as well. I think he's playing at a, at a great level. And even without Chris Middleton, it's going to be hard to yeah. stop them four times in a series. But yeah, Laker Tom, I mean, any last thoughts on this series? Any series you want to touch I, on? I, I, tend, I tend to agree with uh, Jamie and uh, that I like the Bucks. They're going to be hard to beat. Um, and I think, and I, and I think what's most impressive to me is that. Um, Giannis finally realizes that he is the biggest and baddest dude in the league. And the Celtics brought that out of him, you know, give it to the Celtics because they, they punched and grabbed and yanked and, and snagged him every time they could. And he finally said enough of that stuff, man, I'm just going to run through you guys. Um, and uh, it's been one of the most physical playoff series that I've ever seen. And frankly, all of the playoffs have reminded me a great deal that physicality is really important. And I think there's a lesson the Lakers should take to heart from watching what's going on now, which is not only do they need to get bigger, but I think they need to get bigger both at small forward and at center. I think they need to have us. I don't think Anthony Davis at center is the answer when I look at the teams that are out there and the players that they're going to be facing. Um, and I look at the injury concerns with AD and so forth. So um, the series that most intrigues me, though, is Luka Doncic and the Mavs. Because I saw something in those two games in that I hadn't seen Phoenix fall to. And that is they basically, Luka really took over that end of that game and totally controlled it. And he controlled the entire game all the way. Even though he did had a supposedly subpar game, he passed the ball to the right person over and over and made the big plays. And every time he went down, he and and uh, that other point guard that they've got, the left-handed kid. Brunson. Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson. Brunson is Brunson is gonna get a huge payday this summer, man. You know, he and he and Luca make it almost they there was like four straight plays in the last three minutes of the game where where the two of them took their man right down into the middle of the key and made easy shots on him. Um, and it was just it was just quickness and smarts over over the defense in this particular situation. So I'm not hundred percent sure that Phoenix is gonna get out. And I do think Phoenix is the only team that could give just because of, of of they've got a they've got a big center who can play. Uh, I think they're the one team that can give Milwaukee a, a real battle in the finals. So, but we'll see. I think the Mavs 
the Mavs could theoretically, there's a point in time when Luka Doncic will be so good and the addition of Bronson having the shooters shoot the way that they've been shooting, there's a chance that they can, they can upset. But, you know, home team hasn't lost yet in those series. Like you said, the first team who wins on the road. There he goes. Yep. yep. But if you have any thoughts on the NBA playoffs, we'd love to hear it either in the comments below on Facebook or YouTube or also as well at Lakers Fast Break or go to the great places to go for conversation on the Lakers and the NBA. That is our good friends at LakersBall.com and of course the great articles that are available today at Lakerholics.com. Well, guys, we had so much to talk about, so much to argue over, so much to speculate on, and so much to talk about if we were the GMs running the Lakers franchise. So great conversation indeed. Thank you so much again for all the support you provide us. It is truly great to see all the new subscribers and also people who like the Facebook page and the new subscribers for YouTube. So cannot thank you enough for doing so. But check us out. We're still going twice a week, so we will go ahead and let you know that we're going to record on Wednesday night for those on Facebook. That will be posted late Wednesday night on YouTube and then go everywhere worldwide on podcast outlets on Thursday morning. So hopefully you get a chance to check us out for our next episode. I'm sure there's more Lakers news on the way. But for Laker Tom, Joe Sorrell, Jamie Sweet, it's Gerald Glassford. Thank you for watching and listening. We'll see you next time right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.